Hey everyone, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast. We are keeping it real today, very real today. Um, as you know, this podcast is about warrior women and some men too, who've been through absolute caca and who are going to give you advice on how to get to the other side of yours. We are smack in the middle with no necessarily end in sight of quarantine from COVID-19. And I was gonna wear my llama shirt today, but there was a stain on it. So I decided to pick a different shirt. But today is just all about letting it all hang out. And I am super excited to introduce to you my guest today, who's an absolute rock star. We could talk for five hours. We're not gonna talk for, for five hours because this is a short podcast and I'm dedicated to that. Her name is Cassandra Shuck and um, she really truly is one of the most incredible people that I have met. And I've met a lot of really incredible people. And so Cassandra is gonna talk to us today about about um, the caca she's gone through and she's gonna help you with yours. Uh, and she has got a story, which is why, many stories upon stories, which is why I'm saying we could be talking for five hours here. Welcome, Cassandra, thank you so much. I'm very, very honored to have you on the Epic Comeback Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's so funny that we are mid COVID-19 quarantine, especially considering we scheduled this podcast like three, four months ago, and we didn't know this was going to even be a thing. We didn't know it was going to be happening. So I think it's very timely. <laughs> we had no idea when we scheduled this, absolutely no idea. And this is not business as usual. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that because I'm glad to be having a conversation with you at this exact time in history. Yes, it was totally orchestrated from, you know, fill in your fancy word, God, universe, higher power, Buddha, whomever. You bet. It really was. So I'm going to call you Cass because that's what I'm used to calling you. In a couple of, it, it, would you please introduce yourself? I'm going to give you the mic. I'd love to know who you are and where you're from. Where, where, are, we ta where are you talking from other than your bedroom? And uh, how do you, st how do you, how do you hang out during the day? How are you spending your time? Totally. So I am a wife and a mama. Um, I have a two and a half year old little girl and my husband is downstairs containing her and a puppy. Um, but I, those are kind of my, my go-to identity factors right now during this quarantine. But on the other side, I actually have a couple businesses that I run and some businesses that I invest in as well. So I have a multinational, uh, multi-level marketing agency that I actually own and operate. I've founded over 11 years ago. Um, I'm a business entrepreneurial guide for women in business. And then I am a lactation cookie specialist. I own a business that supports mama's breastfeeding. I have a lot of little other endeavors that I identify myself with as well. Did you say lactation cookie? Yes. So Milk and Cookie is one of my companies. I didn't even know you knew. Did you even know that? No, that's why you're seeing this look on my face. Like, wow, I didn't know you were into lactation. Yeah, so that was actually one of the companies that I founded about two and a half years ago after my daughter was born because mm. uh, I was having issues. I've been in the birth space now for um, coming up on 11 years next month as a labor support and bereavement doula. Mm. So it's just kind of another extension as to that brand of what else I needed when honestly, when I had issues breastfeeding with my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that some or maybe even all of the best businesses come from what we're dealing with in our day to day life. Yeah, every single one of the businesses that honestly, I see as successful. And then honestly, every single one of the businesses that I've created has come out of some sort of hard season, some sort of trauma, um, some sort of something bigger than just myself. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Trauma. Boy, oh boy. Trauma is like, it's like the theme of my day. That, uh, it's, there's treasure. We were just talking before we started recording about how there's treasure in trauma. And you're like, yep, yep, know that, been there, done that. So speaking of trauma, let's cut to that chase. So this podcast is by and for mostly women and some dudes who have gone through some major caca, some life-shattering situations. And I know that you are no exception and would love to hear from you, Cass, um, kind of the executive summary, if you will, of what you've gone through, what you've come through. And if you could, if you could even attempt to say what was the worst part, what was the worst part? Um, Well, where do I start? So I grew up in a household um, that was physically and mentally sexually abusive, all growing up from really my youngest age of five through 15 when I actually left the house. So that was kind of the the longest stretch of trauma that I had, that I would say. Um, but it didn't stop there because I feel like us as human beings, if we don't learn the lesson the first time, history will come alongside of us and slap us against the head and say, okay, you didn't get it that time. We're going to give you one more round. So that was the biggest piece. And that's the piece that I actually speak most freely about. Um, but after that, I actually got involved into a heavily abusive marriage um, had a stillborn at 38 weeks, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of my in- intro into the bereavement doula and the birth space. Um, I was homeless, kind of putting my way self through college. So there's been kind of these buckets, I guess you could say, of trauma. And to define the hardest one, oh God, um, I would honestly have to say it's the loss of my child. So whereas... I feel like the thing that it's, it's easy to get over physical and mental abuse for me. It really was the sexual abuse too. The hard piece of that relationship was my relationship with my mom. Um, because my mom was the one who watched all of this abuse take place and never really stepped in. So that was hard in on itself. But when you start to get the connection of a mother losing someone and losing something, and you basically have this, this heart swelling of love and then it's immediately taken away from you, that I think is the hardest piece to, to dissect and really get over. So which epic comeback do you want to talk about? Right. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Come back, come back after comeback. Yeah. Luckily we've been stable for like 10 years now. So we're just going to, you know, keep on the upward trajectory, but there was honestly from up until I was about 23. So really from, from age three to 23, 20 years, two whole decades, there was just, piece after piece after piece of trauma yeah yeah and some of the little t's and some of the big t's too it wasn't you know i've had i've had my fair share of both unfortunately yes very unfortunately and one of the things that i wanted that i wanted to say is that when i when i talk about there being treasure in trauma it's it's i feel like a disclaimer is necessary. It isn't that I'm glorifying trauma. It isn't that I'm suggesting that we go out and and shop for trauma or that we go out and like like create like a trauma theme park. You know, it it's not that it's not that we all want to go out and 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 look for it. And and I think there are some people honestly who look for it. You know, who kind of like sort of attract it and are like really into high drama. And that's that's not what I'm talking about. Um, talking about finding the treasure in it and and go ahead i was gonna say the piece that i use often is leveraging 
because every single person who you will ever talk to has had something traumatic happen to them. Trauma is literally just defined as a reaction to something happening to you. So I like to call it death by a thousand paper cuts. You can have that level where like I use the example, you weren't picked for the soccer team. You were always picked last in class. Maybe you were made fun of because you were tall. Like whatever the case is, that's still all things that the body holds and the body keeps score of that can be considered and classified as trauma that will show up for you later on in life. It doesn't have to be like, I was molested. I was sexually abused. It doesn't have to be those big things. It can be the little things too. And honestly, those are harder to dissect and harder to identify. Oh boy, do I hear you on that one. Yeah. I mean, even like speaking of abuse, right? The difference between physical abuse or a type of abuse that happens to leave a mark that happens to, to that you could actually photograph versus a kind of abuse that is systematic, subtle, and, and hard, hard to impossible to detect over a period of years and even decades like that. I mean, they, they're all leaving a mark. They're all leaving a mark. And I'm so glad that you, I'm, I'm so glad that you said what you just said, because it's important to note that trauma is part of the human condition. 100%. Yeah. It's part of what we share. It's part of what our ancestors went through, you know, have, have, have granted to us. Our, our ancestors have, have left us a legacy of both trauma and treasure, right? And so we're, nobody is the only one. And to think that you're above trauma, I mean, that's just funny. <laughs> like, it's so funny because I've coached some people before because I mean, that's my, trauma is my specialty, which sounds a little bit weird to say, but like, that's just who I attract. That's who gravitates to me. And that's who I have the honor and privilege to serve. But like, I've had some conversations where they're like, no, I haven't had any. And then we start digging and dissecting and they're like, well, you know, I wasn't picked, you know, no one really liked me. I was ugly. I kind of grew the tallest first. I was made fun of. And I'm like, and you don't think that shit's you're holding on to that. Are you sure? Like, are you sure you're sure? So yeah. Once you start diving deep and like peeling back the onion layers, they're like, oh yeah, that's why I have this relationship issue with my husband. And that's why I don't feel like this. And that's why I don't feel pretty enough or good enough or smart enough or sexy enough or whatever the num enough is. But it's all based from that systemic, you know, childhood trauma. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the fact that when you're, when you are, when you were providing that executive summary and thank you for that, you were speaking pretty basically in the past tense. And there's something really beautiful about that. I mean, say, you know, for the past 10 years, things have been pretty much okay, like we're doing all right. And it really, the kind of warrior that you are and that you must be is like, is just super, super, super deep. The amount of warrior energy, mama bear energy that it takes to get through even one of the paper cuts, right? One of the paper cuts, much less decades worth of trauma that you went through. It takes such a strong, strong human being to get through any of that. What is the best thing about where you are now having come through more than your share, more than multiple people's lifetimes share worth of trauma? So I want to say thank you for saying that first because I receive that and appreciate, you know, you seeing and vibing with that warrior energy, um, because that's honestly what it is. Um, it's funny because even things now that kind of pop up, like we'll use coronavirus, that for some people is the biggest trauma they will ever, ever face. Like if we're, if like we're really realizing that, like there are some people 
who that's the only thing they've ever had to, that was like really stacked up against them. That was the only thing that they ever had to overcome. And for some people were like, it's not even a thing. Like it's, yes, it's, yes, it's, yes, people are not passing away. Yes, people are getting sick. Yes, yes, yes. But like for us, if you've seen what you've kind of overcome, you take this air of, I can do it again. And you have this self-instilled confidence in you. Mm -hmm. Like, even if my business were to shut down tomorrow, I said this to one of my coaching clients, I said, I'm a really, really good gardener and a really good baker. I was like, they bet your butt I'm going to have a garden in the back and I'm going to be selling bread for my porch. Like if this were really to go to that extreme, like you have this innate survival instinct that if you really tap into is just so powerful. And that goes for me, but that goes for every other trauma survivor I have ever met. So I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> it kind of sounds but well I'll tell you what I heard what I heard is confidence what I heard is warrior energy what I heard is there's something inside of you in your core this isn't what you said but this is kind of what I heard like project you know sort of projected onto my own experience like there there's something in you that and an entrepreneurial spirit spirit certainly when you're talking about your garden and when you're talking about the bread and that's what I, I know so many entrepreneurs probably the majority of humans I know are entrepreneurs and they are on fire right now not because they're happy about what's happening, but because, and sort of entrepreneurs who are also trauma survivors, there's, there's, something, there's something inside that tells you, you're gonna get through this, you've been through harder, and even if this is the hardest one, you can still get through this. Yeah, there's this also sense of optimism. So like, even if all of my businesses were to close tomorrow, mm -hmm. I'll still be okay. Like, there's just this sense of, it'll be okay. Like, it really will. And I think that's having come out of really, really, really difficult personal seasons. And what I think, too, for me, honestly, in this state, which I've been on so many podcasts during this time, is comforting that um, right now I'm not the only one. A lot of times in your trauma scenario, you are the only one who is experiencing and feeling what you're feeling. Yes. And right now, this is not just the United States. It is a global pandemic. So it means every single person is somehow, some way affected. So I feel like there's almost this comfort in knowing that I'm not the only one in this, that we don't need to self-isolate. It's actually easier in this state to lean into other people, other humans, other support groups, whatever that means for you. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad of that for you. I'm glad of that for us. I'm glad of that for the potential of coming out of this with some kind of collective epic comeback, which is something that I'm working on right now, something I've just created a program for. And what I wanna ask you though, is that Cass, you're saying that you're optimistic. There's optimism that has come out of your trauma. Like that sounds like that's been one of the treasures for you. That doesn't happen for everyone. That, because trauma, trauma kills, right? Trauma leads to suicide. Trauma leads to, um, it, it includes and involves severe depression. And there are people who are pessimistic and there are people who don't find the treasure. And I don't judge that. I truly don't. What, what fascinates me is how some people tend to go through what's called post-traumatic growth, and some people don't. And I do believe there's an element of choice to that. So I, I'm, I'm so fascinated to know, like, why, why for you, you come, out of, you come out of what you've come out of and through with optimism and strength and warrior energy. And like, why did that happen for you and not for someone else or for me and not for someone else? 
So I feel like, and this will go and get into my five hour story, but there were some times where I was completely defeated. And honestly, there were times I planned out my suicide. I mean, it was not just all sunny and rosy, but it's honestly the, the way I can be optimistic is A, the amount of healing that I have done up until this point. I mean, therapists, EMDR, shamans, uh, yogic mentors, like you name it, like priests, clergy members, like I've done all the work. And like, I mean, all of the work. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like for me, this is different versus where I once was. If you, I wouldn't, I used to not even be able to say the word trauma or I didn't even identify with that word because I didn't even know what had happened to me. So this is also after 10 plus years of, actually probably closer to 15 to 20 plus years of starting to unravel and dissect and really dig deep to find, and the word that I use is leverage, what it is that I can leverage from my past to actually sustain my future. And you've done the same. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's a really important piece of this. It's a really important piece to know that it takes work. It's not just, I'm going to choose to be optimistic, bam. And it's not necessarily, I am one of the anointed and, and bam, there's the optimism and, and I'm okay. That, that what happened here is you did a lot of very hard work and you had a lot of incredible support along the way. Mentors, coaching, shamans, everyone that you, that you, that you, just mentioned and they work guys like it works you find the right people you find the right connection it works it costs money it takes time and it is it is hard to look yourself in the look at yourself in the mirror it's hard to but look at what happens on the other side look where you get to so i feel like there's this combination of yes it's a choice but the time factor pulled into it so because i could easily wake up one day and say no i and i i could and be like, no, it's not my time. I don't want to talk about that. I'm just kind of over it. Like, that's not my thing. But the fact that, like, I look at what happened to me, and although I'm not thankful for it by any stretch, and I, I, I know where it's actually provided me and where it's given me my role in the world to actually help and serve people. It's taken a really long time to get back to that piece because, like, like I said, it was years and years of compound work and me going, you know, up until honestly. I would say three years, I used to say, yeah, my upbringing was hard, and then leave it there. People would be like, what does that mean? She's being really vague. And I was being really vague for a reason, because I didn't even know how to actually verbally process it. And I remember, too, the first time I said, yeah, my dad was abusive, I, like, voice was shaking, tears were bawling. Like, it would, that was even a big piece for me to actually start putting words to like what had happened. So I feel like there is this evolution that takes place and right now, what I think with coronavirus is we're in such a fast-paced evolution trauma mm. that we can actually do a lot of the work and we can do a lot of the dissecting of our past and figuring out what our future is because we're, like I said to my husband, I said, every day we wake up, I feel like it's three weeks in one. Yeah. Changes, like, especially if you, like, tune into the news or, like, are watching anything of that nature, like, anything in the, the traditional media sense, like every day feels like three weeks in one. So we're like being able to fast track a lot of our healing process because of what's going on too in this space, I believe. Yes, and because we're all going through it and we all have access to so much language around it, people are yab, 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 yabbering all freaking day long. Like I personally, I give myself an hour maximum and usually it's more like 15 minutes to check in on the news every day. For
for me, that is how I'm keeping myself sane and sort of protected and healthy and all of that. But I love, I love that. I love this because we can help each other by, by listening to and engaging in dialogues and kind of using language that other people are providing for us to express what it is that we're going through. And that, that can be very therapeutic as well. Exactly. And I feel like yeah. this is actually causing such a lot of us to look in the mirror and see where, you know, past things have happened that we haven't actually sorted out. I've seen a lot of articles too, and a lot of things happening of like, oh, I reached out to so-and-so and I never thought I was going to. Which is also like, again, you talk about this treasure and trauma. It's also really beautiful that like things are healing. People are moving. Relationships are being restored. Like it's really kind of, kind of crazy, but kind of cool. Yeah. And people are spending time with their children. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my God. That's so funny. You said that like we were outside the other day and I've lived in this place for five years and I've maybe seen 20 people max out at any given, like ever, 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 ever. Like we live in a golf course, like you don't walk up the hills because they're too steep, like not even during trick-or-treating. And the other day I was sitting out front with my daughter and my husband and there were 26 people that I could see visibly from my, from my porch. And I'm like, holy crap, like this is, this is not, especially during pollen season in North Carolina, like this does not happen. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. The tree pollen's going nuts right now. The allergies. Oh my gosh. That's why I'm so stuffy. Like I'm like, I promise it's not coronavirus. But- <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope not. So Cass, um, really the, really the big, the big essential question here of, of this podcast is what is one piece of advice or maybe two that you would give to our audience who are people who are going through the caca right now, whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's divorce, whether it's abuse, whatever it is. The, the people that we're talking to right now are in the midst of the crisis and they don't know how they're going to get to the other side and they don't know if they're going to get to the other side. How would you advise and inspire them? Yeah, so the first thing that automatically comes to mind that I had so many people tell me when I was in the midst of it is to just slow down and to breathe. So like I had for so long in this cycle of sprinting, because that was what I did, essentially did. I graduated, I left high school, went right into college, graduated by 20, got my master's by 22, like really, really fast paced. I didn't have time to actually start to dig deep into what was going on in my past until after. Mm-hmm graduated college I had literally a tidal wave of just BS come up for me that's the best way to put it because I gave myself enough space to start dissecting it out so I feel like considering a lot of people in the state especially myself when I was there just wants to keep running want to keep doing the next thing want to keep going to the next level thinking it'll be better it's actually to slow down and actually see what your current state is So you can actually start working through it in the moment and not just push it, suppress it, stuff it, hide it, you know, kind of all those things that we innately do. So that would be one of the, the biggest pieces that I always hated, 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 hated when people told me that's where, that's where I'm going to go with that one. Well, trying to think of it from the point of view of folks who don't do that, who don't slow down, it can be the scariest, most terrifying thing to do. 100%. You, you don't know what's going to come up. 
you don't know. I mean, one of the exercises that I find very powerful that I do regularly and that I recommend to my clients and anyone is to get quiet and to either with a journal or when you're meditating or when you're quiet and you're listening and say to yourself, ask the question, what is a truth that I need to know right now? What is something that I need to, that, that, that needs to be revealed right now? Something that's completely true. And that's scary as shit. <laughs> well, then taking it to the next level too, when you have that download or like, you know, intuitive hit, people are like, no, 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 I, I don't want to listen to it. That can't be right. The next step of that, if you are already slowing down, is to actually follow those breadcrumbs and those steps. Yes. That's another piece of huge transformation that sounds super simple, but like so often something will come through and I'm like, no, that's not for me. Like, no, I don't want to talk about that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to write that post. No, I don't want to, whatever the case is. And then like for me, honestly, most recently it was, no, I don't want to do a group coaching program. That's stupid. And the amount of healing that I've had in my own group coaching program, I'm like, well, shit. Like, I guess I probably should have done this 10 years ago, but I'm stubborn. Well, we get to pick, right? Like, we still get to pick, right? So you have the intuitive hit, and then, and then, the, and then the road sort of opens up in multiple paths again. You get to either reject it, you know, or you can listen and listen and then tell it to shut up, or you can listen and then follow and rejected it keeps coming back if it was meant to be yes and over and over and over yes but we may not be ready and we might be just waving that free will flag right we we might just be waving that like no i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it and yeah it's gonna come back around but um yeah i mean if there it's funny if there's anything that i learned from my sort of extended, say, three to five years period of trauma. It was, listen to your intuition, honor it. It's right. It's right. It's right every freaking time. And then it's, and that's hard to listen, and it's hard to hear, and it's hard to take that in, and it can be even harder to then follow it. Because what if your intuition is saying, your marriage is over? What if your intuition is saying, this career that you've been building for 30 years it's not your path. Yep. It's hard. Oh, it's, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly so. Undoubtedly. Yeah. So you, you heard it here. What Cass is saying is slow down and listen. Slow down and listen. Yeah. Super valuable advice right there. Super valuable advice. So the last question that I was going to ask Cass is, Speaking of there being treasure and trauma, normally I ask people what superpower they would have if they could have any superpower. What I really want to know today is like, for you, you, you mentioned sitting on your porch and seeing 26 people outside. That sounds like a gift to me. That sounds like a treasure to me for you. Um, what, what is the treasure of, of, this, of this pandemic? What is the treasure of COVID and quarantine for you? Ooh, that's a hard one um, because I tend to blow it up into what it is for other people um, versus actually self-looking at it for myself. So I would say for me, this has given me, I don't want to say, I'm going to say it because, it, but it's going to sound weird. It's given me a stage to actually talk further about trauma and about my past um, because I feel like 
I could have always talked about it, but this is just everything. The whole conversation is about exactly where my specialty lies. Yeah. So honestly, for me, it's just given me this wide open stage and like receiving like wide open arms for me to actually help people through what they may have not been able to do on their own. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It sounds like that, you know, that that's what you're here for. hundred percent what I'm here for. Even though like I like going back to your intuition, I used to be like, nope, that's not for me. Nope. That's for someone else. No, I'm not going to write a book. No, I don't want to talk about that. Like, let me just do my thing. So yes, it's, it's, it's allowing me to birth a whole different level of supporting people. I love that. And I would also, I'd like to know Cass, um, Cassandra Shuck, where can we find you? How do we follow you? Where do we, where can we see you online? Yeah, totally. So CassandraShuck.com is my all things internet home and it's C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-S-H-U-C-K.com. And it has links to my social media. It has links to my podcast, which Nikki's going to be on soon as well. It's called Stacked Against. So be sure to tune out or check that out. Um, very similar themes. We actually just don't go specific into the comeback. We go into what was birthed from a business sense out of it. So, mm. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Cass, for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And this is, as always, Nikki Bruno with Cassandra Shuck on the Epic Comeback podcast. And for more information about how to stage an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience or even during it, please visit theepiccomeback.com. <laughs>